and welcome to the Capital Edge podcast. We are back once again, episode three, and we're going to talk about why it is actually a really good time to buy in the market. Now, there's a lot of negative media around, and we continue to hear why we shouldn't be buying. But, Jono, why should we be buying in this current market? That's a very good question, AJ. A lot of people are a bit gun-shy at the moment about the economy uh, as a rule or in general. We've got rising interest rates at the moment, cost of living going up, inflation. People are talking about certain countries going into recession. But on the flip side, there's a lot of really good things happening, especially in Australia, that are going to see housing prices, in our opinion, if I can use the royal we, um, going up over the next few years. Yeah, absolutely right. And and you've spoken about interest rate rises and, and cost of living, inflation, global recession. So there's a lot that we think, oh, that's just all got to be negative. But there are things that lead to positive news for investors when you hear those things. Uh, absolutely. So one of the things in Australia, we're a resource-rich country. We've got uh, great agriculture. We've got terrific mining sectors that the rest of the world still needs. And in fact, we're a very profitable country. Our balance of trade is in fact in a positive position at the moment and has been for a number of years. So the really good thing there is Australia itself is in a good financial position. Um, one of the major things that I think is going to lead to housing prices and pressure on them to keep increasing is your supply and demand. One of the things that affects that a lot is your demographics. Now, we've got immigration back to pre-pandemic levels. So we're opening the doors to some 200,000 people um, and, you know, that's most people that they try to attract to Australia are young couples, professional couples, uh, skilled labour, people with money, with resources, with skills that are then going to want to buy their own home, which is going to definitely increase the uh, demand for housing within Australia. Yeah, and you speak about that, and especially in WA, the government have, have led a huge push to get skilled workers into uh, the state because we know that uh, the housing, uh, I guess, demand over there, you know, far outgrows what is actually being built currently. And to be honest, all over Australia, we're, we're screaming out for workers. And, and when you say 200,000 uh, people you know, we've opened the door to, that doesn't even uh, consider, you know, temporary visas that we're giving out as well. So where are all these people going to be living? Exactly. And that also ties into the overseas students, which is a massive area of um, spending in Australia, which we didn't see during the pandemic years. So um, that housing crisis that you spoke of, it's a really good point. WA and Queensland are seeing even more people moving into those states because of the lifestyle, because of they saw how less an impact those states had than some of us during that whole COVID crisis. So, you know, that's only going to mean more and more people demanding property in those states. There's a massive undersupply of housing as well. DAs, which are development approvals, there's hardly any DAs or not enough being given by local governments to, um, you know, meet the need of housing at the moment. There's not enough new builds going on for what's required. So what that's going to do is in turn push the housing price up. And I think that ties into a point which really sometimes frustrates me with the media. On the Herald Sun a couple of weeks ago on the front page, they had Melbourne or Victorian house price to drop by 100000 the median. Now, that may very well happen. Um, areas like Portsea, Brighton, South Yarra, if those prices come down by, say, 10%, we're talking three, four, five hundred thousand dollars $500,000. And as everyone knows with statistics, I love it, you know, they used to say there's lies, damn lies, and then statistics. Yes, the median house price might, might drop by 100000 in 
Victoria over the next 12 months. But people who are buying for six, seven, eight hundred thousand, that area of the market is going to keep going up and keep showing really good growth. And that's where you know we focus for our investors. We're not buying three, four million dollar properties. So that's why I laugh where the media gets onto this. You know, the median house price might well drop. And then people are out there trying to buy a house for 700000 having to pay seven hundred and eighty, and saying, what's happened to this dropping house price? Because they've been misled by the media because that sells headlines. Absolutely. And you mentioned China before. And when we talk about uh, immigration, well, the Chinese students aren't allowed to do their studies uh, over the internet uh, anymore. So we're seeing a lot more return to Australia to complete their degrees. So once again... There's another form of immigration and, uh, you know, visas that we're handing out for these people to come and complete schooling in Australia. So uh, once once people start to do that and, and a lot more are wanting the Australian lifestyle and, and their parents are sending them out because of the schooling aspects in Australia, it's going to continue on like that for years to come. Yeah, absolutely, absolutely. And... With that, with the demand, as you said, with a lot of skilled labour and people coming into Australia, there's actually, you know, one of the lowest um, unemployment levels we've seen in a long time. People can't get quality staff at the moment, which is actually pushing wages up. We've seen firsthand in the building industry. You know, building prices have gone up remarkably over the last few years because there's a shortage of chippies, there's a shortage of bricklayers. So. That rising wages in Australia is going to mean it's more affordable for people to pay more for a house. So, you know, we're seeing that um, household income going up with wages increasing um, due to the, you know, low level of unemployment. Now, you started talking about that we are in a housing crisis uh, and we certainly are. And that's not just in one state. That's in the whole of Australia. Yeah, we've seen that with soaring rents at the moment. You know, there's a lack of rental properties. I've had a lot of people talk to me about it. It's so hard to find a rental, which uh, with the couple of things that aren't going brilliantly, as we've said, with inflation and interest rates, unfortunately, the big impact that often has is on your first home buyer because they can no longer afford their first home. They're going to have to keep renting. But for investors, that's actually good because it's offsetting their increased interest rates with getting higher rent levels. And we touched on that in our last podcast. So, you know, those who missed it, um, AJ's a classic example where his rent in Roachdale went up by how much? I think it was about $130 a week and that was um, probably could have achieved more, but we were happy to, to get it rented. And uh, I think I mentioned on the last podcast that uh, we didn't increase it to, a, to the tenant that was already in there. We had the tenant moved out. So... New tenants came in, but I, I can understand that the negativity around uh, a lot of people who are renting that think that landlords are, are money hungry. And uh, and to be honest, you know, if it goes up to the market rent and, you know, you're not being um, really silly about it in, in uh, trying to charge, you know, your current tenant, you know, $200 a week more, um, I think that needs to come down to it. But like we said, you, at, at these times, when you're a, a landlord, well, they've got costs too with the, with this uh, soaring interest rates. Yeah. So that's it, it, there's there's pros and cons and negatives and positives to to both sides of you know renting and also being a landlord. Yeah, and I, and I think with the interest rates, um, you know, they're not going to go up to forever. I think possibly, you know mishandled's a strong word, but having, you know, so many increases in such a short period of time is definitely going to impact some people with their mortgages, of course, if it's their own home. 
But I, I think we'll see interest rates settle down. Uh, not that I'm Nostradamus here, but I thought there was going to be a quarter of a percent last month and probably another quarter. And then I think we'll see them settle down, um, you know, somewhere around that 38 to 4% cash rate. Uh, and also, like, money is still reasonably affordable in Australia. It's just that we've had two or three years of, you know, 1.99 or 2.09 home loan rates, which some people have got used to. But you ask anyone over the age of about 30 and they've experienced interest rates of, you know, 7, 8, 9%. And even, you know, back as the late 80s, they were 18, 19%. So I think money still is quite affordable. If you buy the right property with the right rent return, you can still get some really good growth and really good tax deductions. Absolutely. And we've spoken about a couple of states there, especially Western Australia and South Australia, having, you know, the... I, I guess the achievable properties in the five hundred thousands, and you're getting you know five to six hundred dollars uh, a week rent. But we've seen Queensland has had really good growth in pricing uh, over the last three years, but rents haven't caught up there as yet. So that's where you need to be a, a smart property investor and go and speak to the professionals because, yeah, you. In Queensland, you're going to go buy in a really hot market, but the the holding costs, as you mentioned before, you know, could really be hurting your pocket. So we need to be looking in areas, especially uh, regional, and with WA and South Australia as well, that it's achievable, but it's also being smart on your you know on your pocket. Yeah, exactly. And that's why, which I mentioned earlier in the program, that we, we look at those properties at five, 600000 And I've had people talk to me and they're like, I'm looking for something in Melbourne and I've got 550000 to spend and I, I can't find anything. I'm getting a two-bedroom, one-bathroom unit. And we say to them, we can get you, you know, think about rent vesting, which we've talked about before, and I'm sure we will again, but we can get you for 550000 600000 something on the beach, four-bedroom, two-bathroom, you know, 190-square home, which is going to rent for six hundred a week, so cost you nothing after your tax deductions to hold this property. And could we see that being worth seven, eight 800000 in two or three years' time? Absolutely. And that was the sort of results we were getting in suburbs for our clients, as you know, over the last five years in Queensland. So if anyone wants to have a little check, you know, some of the places we've put people have been areas like Mount Cotton, Mango Hill, uh, Palmview. You know, these areas, if you look online, you can see they were buying for around 500000 three or four years ago. Median house prices there are 800000 now, which is fantastic for our clients that got in. And I guess that ties into that property cycle, which you're getting on now with South Australia and WA. You know, property doesn't grow at a nice 6 7% every year for 10 years. You'll have areas where it's flat for four or five years, then it goes crazy. And Queensland was a great example of that. People have sort of said, geez, we've done well in Queensland. You know, you guys did really well to put us into there. But we were doing that because Queensland market had been flat for probably almost seven years. So it was due to cycle. Yeah, absolutely. And now let's just continue on a, a little bit with why uh, it is really uh, important to consider buying at the moment. And and that's where the education comes into it, Jono, that being an educated investor doesn't just mean you have to go with your, you know, if you're not overly educated in the property area, you may think, oh, I just really want to invest in Melbourne. You know, I need to do it. I need to be driving past it. I need to know that what I've put my money into, I need to be able to see it. You know, I need to be able to physically touch it 
But why is it important to not look in your own backyard? Well, you may very well find a really good investment in your own backyard, but as uh, the point is, you may not. So you've got to invest, and you said it before in past programs, with your head, not with your heart. Now, if someone said to me tomorrow, I want to go buy an inner city apartment in Melbourne where we know there's a massive oversupply with all people moving out of the city, you know, St Kilda Road, the Docklands, I'd be asking them why. And if they said for investment... You know, I'd say come into our office, have a chat with us, and I can get you a much better investment with rent return, with potential capital growth, than a you know two bedroom unit where there's a massive oversupply at the moment. But if they said to me, as an older, more financial couple, we want to buy it to go to the city every second weekend and go see live shows and um, comedy and eat out, that's a different decision. That's your heart decision. So you've got to make your investment decision with your head. And we, we at Capital Edge, we really specialise in making those decisions and using education um, through our education sessions, whether it's in groups or coming into the office for a one-on-one and looking at where we buy and why we buy. And we're driven by things like, you know, your vacancy rate, your percentage of owner occupies in the suburb, the proximity of all your services and facilities and entertainment and dining out and especially schools and education, transport, freeway network. Why are people going to want to live there? And as we touched on before, we want to be buying in the right level of the market, right area of the market, that median house price around 550 to 650. And that's where we're going to keep getting that growth in the years ahead because that's where people are going to be able to afford. So yeah, you really need to be educated about what you're buying and where you're buying. Absolutely right. And it's a key aspect of what Capital Edge is about is the education so you may go to another company and you walk in and the first thing you see on their wall is a a townhouse let's say out in Armstrong Creek in Geelong well of course they're going to want to offload that yeah because that's we've touched on they're a project marketer they want to sell what they've got now in some cases what they've got could be really good but they've got you know a bias to want to sell you exactly what they have whereas we want to research, we want to understand our clients. You know, what tax are our clients paying? What do they earn? What are their goals? Do they have children? Don't they have children? What are they trying to create in the next two, three, five, ten years? So until you know that, how can you give anyone advice and help educate them about how property may or may not be right for them? Absolutely. And, you know, let's just have a little bit of a, a deeper dive into the interest rates. And we've had a lot of clients that come in and say, we just we want to pull the trigger, but we're just going to wait and see where these interest rates have gone. Now, I guess early on, you could probably understand that. And, and, but now we've, we've sort of seen, you know, the, the pattern that's happened. And there is a limited period of time at this current point where if you can get yourself into the market or potentially grow your portfolio, you're going to be well ahead of the people that you know, are going to wake up and go, oh, well, the rent is certainly covering where I want to purchase and that's why we're here for at Capital Edge. There's not, there's minimal uh, holding costs. So why didn't I do it six months ago? Yeah, exactly. As the old adage, you know, the best time to buy real estate was yesterday or then today. But yeah, I think the important thing is if you come in and you think it's unaffordable or interest rates are going to stop you buying investment property, Go through the numbers. Have a look. What actually happens after your rent return? What happens after you get tax deductions? And one thing in Australia is another reason that I think we're going to see house prices continue to 
grow. And when I say grow, like we may have the median price come down a little bit, but that's because of all of those high-end, top-end properties that we've already discussed. But the government poured billions of dollars into the economy during the pandemic, which people couldn't spend because they weren't going on holidays. Um, they've also got fantastic government policies which help the investor. The negative gearing, the first home buyer grants, these are going to see the property market you know, continue to be buoyant and continue to be strong. And these incentives for investors are really important. I don't think the government are going to get rid of them. They've tried that in the past and failed. They've lost election campaigns on that. And also, it's actually a very cheap tool for the government to provide housing for people. By giving, you know, Joe Bloggs or you or me 10 grand back at the end of the year for having an investment property, it means they don't have to do public housing. They haven't had to build another place, another block of units. So they need private investors. It's actually a really cheap way of providing housing. So we're really lucky in Australia. We can take advantage of those schemes to make the holding costs basically paid for by the tenant and the government. So I think in answer to your question, you need to look at what is it going to cost, and we'll run through that with people before they even have to you know, decide on buying something, sign anything. Let's look at what would it actually cost you. And interestingly, there's... um. Another thing that the government allow you to do, which is, and I know it's hard when you're listening to get figures and everything, but if a property was going to cost you $100 a week, but then at the end of the year, so that's about five grand, at the end of the year, you're getting 10 grand back in your tax, so you're actually $100 a week better off, you can put in a form with your pay slip. So if you get paid fortnightly, monthly, weekly, you actually get that money back instead of at the end of the year. So if you're worried about cash flow, you can actually get $100 extra in your pocket every week if you're paid weekly from the government. A lot of people prefer to get the 10 grand back at the end of the year because it's like four savings. But if it's a little bit tight, you can actually improve your cash flow through you know putting in this form through your accountant and uh, getting the money in your pocket every week. Absolutely right. And uh, I guess... It's all about being educated, as we've mentioned, and about you know interest rates. You obviously, when you're in the construction period, you're, you're paying interest on your loan. Now, a lot of people uh, get caught short by not having enough uh, in their buffer, Jono. So what what's a good way to obviously um, make sure that you're well and truly across all that? Yeah, well, again, it comes back to that education, knowing exactly what your holding costs are going to be, what your entry costs are, you know, all that sort of thing. And a buffer is really important. We don't want people, you know, freaking out, panicking about their cash flow. Cash flow is king, as they say, and everything. I mean, you can have businesses that are actually profitable on paper and go to the wall because of their cash flow. Um, but, you know, same with holding an investment property. It's like a business, especially if you want to have two, three, four of them. So in answer to your question, I think we work with our clients, make sure they've got a buffer. There's things you can do. When you go to your bank for your loan, you can borrow a little bit more and you put 10 grand into your property account. Every year when you get your tax return, you might say, that's going into my property account. So I know I've got my cash flow covered for the next 12 months and I don't even have to think about it because yeah, costs do come up. You've got to pay rates, you've got to pay insurance, you pay management fees. But at Capital Edge, we work through all that so our clients are informed and educated as to those holding costs and entry costs. And there's been a fair bit of noise in the media about uh, people who have got a loan in the last year and uh, as you mentioned, they were probably on you know 1.99 or 2.09 or you know 2.5, for example. But talk to us a little bit about you know why it is important that you need to reach either back out to your bank or your broker before your loan period comes up. 
Yeah, I think that's really important. And if anyone wants to chat to us, we've got a panel of expert brokers that you need to be talking to before that happens. Because you know there's going to be some pain for owner-occupiers. Of course there is. They're going to have to have their mortgage maybe going up by a couple of hundred dollars a week. Um, so you want to talk to a broker, find the best rate you can get. Yes, it's going to be higher. There's things out there such as cashbacks where they'll give you money back for changing a loan to a different bank. So again, if you get two or four grand in your pocket from the bank, that's going to help with this increase. So yeah, for owner occupiers, there is definitely going to be pain. We're not making light of that. I'm feeling a little bit of pain at the moment with my mortgage here in Mentone because it's gone from, I think, 2.59 to about 5.99 because I'm on a low dock loan because I run my own business, which people out there would understand. But um, And that's probably leans more to why investing is going to be even more important. As we've said, our rent vesters, people who can't afford now to get into their market, but holding an investment property you can because you've got rent and tax deductions. Your own home, you've got none of that and you've got to pay it with after-tax dollars which hurts even more with no uh, support or uh, any incentives from the, from the government for your own home. So I think rent investing is going to be massive for people getting in the property market in the years ahead. Yeah, absolutely right. And and let's talk a little bit more about those. Uh, I guess we're, we're hearing the words interest rates and refinancing across the media. You know, we're seeing it on our TVs, it, ads come up on the radio. But when we, we got to think about it with a, with a house loan that – you know, potentially has gone up to 5%. Let's think about everything else in our lives. We've got car loans. We could potentially have credit cards. Let's talk about consolidating, you know, the debt. Because to be honest, a a, a housing loan could potentially be better and consolidating it all on that and refinancing than actually having all these separate debts around. That's a really good point. Yeah, people have got personal loans. People have, like you said, credit cards. And it might be a time, yes, you're going to get a little bit of pain with your home loan, but why not consolidate all that? Talk to a really good broker. You know, talk to one of our panel of brokers. They're really good at working through that sort of thing. So the pain might actually be offset with car loans where you're currently paying 9% or credit cards at 17 18% or personal loans at 11%. You suddenly push that all into your house loan at 5%, you're saving money on 50, 60 grand's worth of your debt. So you, that's a really good point. So I think if anyone's out there wants to get introduced to a broker, give AJ or myself a call, please. Flick us an email and we'll put you in touch with someone who's really good and is going to work with you on your personal situation. And as AJ said, you know, be proactive. Get it underway now. Get it done a good couple of months before you're coming out of that fixed interest because you don't want to be just punished and under the pump by your own bank and you sort of just let them roll it over to whatever you want. There's also things we can look at doing such as if it is putting pressure on you, why not talk to your bank or get your broker to talk to your bank and go to interest only for a couple of years. Just take that pressure off and see how interest rates settle down and what happens over the next few years. Absolutely. And I guess while we're on the point and you mentioned there that it's uh, you're only paying the interest, but why why is it important to, to pay interest or principal and interest? I think with anything, a lot of people used to say with investment properties, only ever do interest only. That's your best vehicle for your tax because obviously you're not going to be spending as much. You're going to be getting better tax deductions. But if you only hold one investment property, again, it's just a sum. Look at what your repayments are going to be with P&I and look at what they're going to be with interest only. An investment property I hold in Birkdale in Queensland, this is going back a couple of years when I refinanced that, but interest only was only uh, about half a percent better than P&I 
And at the time I could afford it, so I did principal and interest because it's still good if you can pay off your principal. It's still bringing your debt down. Now, if you've got your own mortgage, I would definitely agree. Interest only on your investment properties because let's get all the money you've got spare into your own mortgage because as I said, that's after tax dollars. It's the hardest debt to pay down. And if you've got good equity in your home already, use that equity to buy an investment property. It's sitting there. It's dead money. Why would you have four or $500,000 of equity in your home and just let it sit there. If you had four or five hundred thousand dollars in the bank, would you leave it in there at like two or three percent interest? No, you'd use it, you'd invest it elsewhere. So I think that's really important. If you've got equity in your home as well, you can pull out money for a deposit on an investment property that then becomes tax deductible. So don't panic that you know your mortgage is going to be going up. You're just using your mortgage as security. Your mortgage can stay the same and you can borrow because you're using that a hundred percent against an investment property, and then you've got two properties growing. So I think there's a few things here, and that's where, you know, talking to us, getting educated. How do we use that equity in our home? How do we get into the property market? Let's, in, let's talk to a broker. Get a team around you of trusted people, which you need a good accountant, you need a good broker, you need hopefully a little bit biased, but a, you know, a team like Capital Edge where we're there to educate you and help you with what could be. Yeah, there's no point uh, thinking about, you know, going to purchase a property straight away you need to be educated on how to do it you need to have a, a savings plan come from you know a financial planner there's so many different things in the property industry that i am you know i, I shake my head at times and you know that Jono, that i just don't understand how we are not educated we're educated in just about everything else in life but but going to buy a property is probably our biggest uh, financial transaction that we're likely to do. And to be honest, we're, we're not taught about it. And, and that's why we're so passionate and, you know, we focus on the education because we hear all these negative stories, you know, whether it's in the media or whether it's at someone's um, barbecue or, you, you know, you're on a family holiday and, and your uncle went and bought somewhere out bush and it was because it was Disaster. because yeah. it was meant to be the next, you know, best thing, but they didn't actually go and educate themselves in that area. That's what we do. We, yeah. And I think that ties into, you know, at the moment we've got that, a brilliant, perfect storm at the moment where people are a bit gun-shy. We've actually got some really good opportunities in the property market, good places where we're going to buy at a good price. It's not like a year ago where they wanted unconditional contracts, huge deposits, but the penny is going to drop soon that there's still that massive undersupply of housing. There's incredible demand and housing prices, especially in that middle of the market, are going to keep going up and up and up. So, you know, get educated now, understand that, and don't think oh my God, you know, the property market's doomed. I'm going to wait six or 12 months for a bargain because I'm, you know, I'm prepared to apologise. I'll wear a Carlton or a Collingwood Guernsey one day if I'm wrong, but that middle level of market, housing prices aren't going down. You ain't getting a bargain anywhere. Yes, you want to buy a $4.5 million property with a pool and a tennis court in Brighton or Seaford or Portsea, you probably could get a good bargain at the moment. But I don't know many people that can afford to do that and that's not going to create wealth and help reduce your tax and have the tenant help pay for your property. Now, we've spoken a fair bit about uh, head and your heart. So, yes, we want to be thinking investment uh, with our head, but it can also um, pull on our heartstrings that when you think about all around Australia, the amount of stories that we're, we're – 
we're hearing that, you know, there's not enough supply of rentals around and people are living in their cars and things like that. Well, you can actually help a family by putting a roof over their head, but it's also helping your, uh, to create your financial wealth for the future. Yeah, absolutely. If you want to look at it, a really holistic approach, it's actually true. It's a little, little bit kumbaya, but yeah, if people are against you know, making money and helping your own family, which I don't think there's many people out there that are, you're also helping other people, actually. You're helping provide an important resource in Australia, which is rental accommodation. So I think if, if people want to explore this a bit further and, you know, look at a plan, understand why property prices aren't going to crash, you know, they can give us a buzz. Don't forget on 1300 976 030. Absolutely, mate. It's, uh, we can, we can uh, be contacted by uh, email as well, info at capitaledgeaustralia.com.au. This is the third episode of the Capital Edge podcast talking about all things why we should be buying right now and not to listen to the mainstream media who are you know, making it all out as a doom and gloom uh, property industry. So, Jono, thanks again for sitting down. Let's, let's hope that uh, our listeners are getting something out of that and they're getting educated. Absolutely. And, yeah, again, thanks for your time. And we'd love to hear from any listeners out there. If you've got any questions, if you've got anything at all, we're here. Give us a buzz. We'd love to hear from you. Cheers.